Hey, everybody. Great show that we had this morning. We talked about everything post-VCon, what we're seeing in the NFT market right now, the very low volume on OpenSea and LooksRare's volume actually creeping up to almost 50% of the daily volume of OpenSea. We also had a sponsor, BlockBar, on the show that talked about their Johnny Walker drop that's coming up, and they gave away a Patron NFT that was worth 1.5 Ethereum or $3,000. Really great to hear about their use case and how they're using blockchain technology to improve the fine wine and liquor industry. As usual, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFT Morning Show. It's Tuesday. I think everybody's got their batteries recharged after VCon. I know I'm ready to get after it. Couldn't be more excited to talk about what's going on in the NFT market. We actually have a sponsor for, the, for this show, bringing back Block Bar. Really excited to hear all about what's going on over there, and we will definitely dive into that later in the show. Uh, I'm also excited that Nick has finally made it home after a long journey journey. It sounds like uh, there was pandemonium with people trying to leave VCon. So I'm glad that Nick got home. Nick, how does it feel to be finally back home after multiple days? Well, I lost a leg in the journey walking back here. Um, my, uh, you know, wagon broke down uh, somewhere on the way back to the East Coast here. Uh, lost a couple of wheels as I was pushing it my leg got run over by another wagon, and so, but I'm still here hopping around, uh, and I feel pretty good about it. Well, that, that sounds like a harrowing journey for sure. Um, glad that you made it back, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I was literally starving. Like it, it was pretty, it, it was dire straits. But I'm back here, um, and it, I made it back to modern society and uh, ordered some sushi last night. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure you will have your typical bagel with cream cheese this morning. Um, I was thinking you were going to get a donut to top it off. <laughs> okay, this is just ridiculous. I'm getting tired of this. Uh, you know, this whole thing, call me a bagel eater, and it, it just seems it just seems inappropriate. Well, when you say it like that, it do, you're right. It does seem inappropriate the way you just said it right there, and that's not the way I said it. I just said, you know, you're going to get a that bagel. Was, no, it's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Nick would prefer to be known for the chocolate popsicle eater that he is. Well, I mean, there's nothing he can do about that. There's receipts on that. Yo, there's it's evidence Van on Lewin's. that. It's, it's Van Lewin's vegan ice cream. That's what I'm having out here. I want people to recognize that that's the type of life that I lead. I mean, you probably saw it in my tweets. Uh, like Nick doesn't drink, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Nick hasn't uh, drank, from my understanding, in a while. But he definitely gets chocolate wasted every time he's at a public event. You can't. I didn't even have chocolate that time that you said that that was the case. Sometimes I have some sugar though. Yeah, it's the same okay? thing. Sometimes I, I I had a little bit of a pop. Yeah, I mean, like I saw you. All I know is that eight mansion. Nick bought like thirty of these ice cream bars. They're like $7 a pop. Yeah, and so I was trying to I figure out why our run rate had uh, decreased that much. Yeah. And, he and swept the floor out. of the popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> These things were like 600 calories. They weighed like four and a half pounds. Like I it ate so fucking good though. Like, I respect Nick's sweet tooth, even though he has an addiction to toaster strudels. 
I mean, we are making up a lot of things now that Nick eats. We're just kind of naming unhealthy, sweet things. But uh, but that is true. I don't know if we ever like publicly talked about the time that you bought like the seven ice cream sandwiches, and then we found out afterwards that they were eight dollars each, and we were like, all right, well, I guess we can't. Yeah, we can't I, buy I was them like, anymore. Why is this bill so expensive? <laughs> that it turned out that it was literally ice cream sandwiches. Because I was like, we should stock up on these. Uh, and then we found out the price. So yeah, that was oh, the last time. in a bowl market them. again. In a bear market, can't eat ice cream like that. <laughs> you can't. No, you have to go back to like Briars. So yeah, guys, big party in NFT NYC hosted by PO and Nick. Uh, it ends at six p.m. and it's just chocolate and bagels. I hope you're you're ready to really really live it up. Then the old men are going to take a nap right after. Um, that's going to be really exciting. We have our whole squad back today. Very, very, very pumped about this. Uh, I'll let Signal just take it away. I know that the weather report, I was just reading the newsletter. The weather report is going to be pretty interesting today. Um, hey, did you just fucking fire me from the weather reports, bro? Oh, you are on weather today. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> As you, I still got this, uh, you know. This no, I get it. You like bonded with Signal in person this weekend and you didn't talk to me much. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't even exist. And you signal probably have some inside jokes and stuff. I get it. It's fine. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> All righty. Um, well, today is Tuesday, May 24th. It may be a little rainy if you're on the East Coast. I'm sure y'all on the West Coast aren't dealing with too much of that. But in NFT land, it's just been rainy, gloomy, doomy weather for a while. And I, I wish I could tell you it's uh, going to be a, a sunny day tomorrow, but unfortunately, it's not looking like it. Overnight, uh, last 24 hours, OpenSea volume was at 28 million. Magic Eden was at 5 million. If we look at the 24-hour tre trending on DAP radar, OpenSea's below 25 million. It's at 23.83 million. That's an oof. Looks rare at 11 million holding up relatively very well if you want an exciting informational point right there looks rare at 11 million is nearly 50 percent of open sea volume of, over the last 24 hours so that is pretty bonkers we had some action over in CryptoPunks land they actually clocked two million in revenue over the last 24 hours uh, when we look over at the blue chips and see how they're doing, we got apes at 94 ETH. Just that, you know, nice, slow, you know, bunny slope kind of decline. Just steadily down, but very slowly. Not enough to give anyone a heart attack. So I don't sell. It's taking a time. Exactly. <laughs> One day you'll wake up, it'll be at 65. And you'll be like, man, how do we even get here? Uh, <laughs> how do we even get here? Mutants down to 19 ETH. Azuki and Doodles, 12.7. Wappy did ask me if he should sell a doodle at 24 uh, ETH, and it was hard to sell. And I said, floor that shit as hard as you can. Attack that floor. I hope you listened. Clonax at 14 ETH. Moonbirds at 25 ETH. Over the past 24 hours, the highest volume is still other deeds. Everyone wants a little piece of that metaverse. Uh, floor continues to hold above 3 ETH wall. Um, Got to give a shout out to Bertinus J holding Bert. it up. Just absolutely holding it up in a bear market. Picked out DGen tunes. I want to say a week or two ago, just picked the rabbit out of its hat. And now that's almost at three ETH. So hell of a pick there. Hope some other people in the discord followed one of the OGs Bertinus J 
into DGen Tunes. Probably Nothing Token pumped hard after they shared that they have two huge partners, one in entertainment and the other in audio. Details tomorrow, floor 0.17 ETH. Uh, probably Nothing starting to learn that when you uh, tease out too many uh, too many leaks, people start to think that they're probably nothing and not that important. We'll see if they're able to pump the floor past that. I'm thinking that they would literally need like a Drake on the entertainment side to get that floor moving. Uh, OpenSea with a big announcement over the weekend, their open decentralized marketplace protocol known as Seaport, which will allow anyone to build an NFT marketplace. Features include the ability to like buy, sell NFTs in crypto, but also buy, sell NFTs uh, like across ERC 721s, 1155. So you could actually like list your uh, doodle and say that you can buy it with a Nazuki. Is that an abrupt end to the weather report, Kicks? Uh, sorry. Um, and also on the token side, we are seeing some prices drop. Um, and that is partially due to the uh, equities market looking pretty shaky overnight. We have uh, Bitcoin struggling to stay above 30K. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, just put that in there. In the box. Um, <laughs> How's the weather sorry. looking in front of your face? <laughs> sorry, the, the, the maids came into the office today early. Um, the uh, yeah, Bitcoin uh, is trying to stay above 30k ETH, trying to stay and hold that 1900 level. It's not looking great out there, I'll tell you what. Uh, when you look into the just the worldwide global macro news, there's more to be bearish about than bullish. I would say just be very careful out there. The volume is really, really low. I mean, on the 24 hour, we're looking at 24 million dollars. In revenue, that's a million dollars an hour. Uh, you could you could throw a stone forty five days ago, and we were doing ten x that. So just be careful out there with your investments. That's the weather report over and out. Sorry for that uh, mild distraction there. No worries. We know that you report no matter how harsh the conditions are around you, Kick. So and it's really pretty harsh because he's got maids cleaning his office right now. So. <laughs> well, it's I, I was away, so it's been four weeks of the office is messy. They pointed at a big pile of uh envelopes and they asked if it was trash and i said yes and then i realized no actually those are very important documents <laughs> and i had to tell them to put it into a box so it was a little hectic there but got to the finish line coach uh easy's got his hand raised probably wants to brag about buying some stupid hot dogs and getting <laughs> a 5x exactly what i need my 5x gave it to you on, on the space yesterday a nice 0.009 entry to a 0.05 exit we love the dugs Seemed like everybody was sleep. Oh shit! Well, everyone was sleeping on our show yesterday because we were all hung over from was not even from alcohol. Just was from that traveling. on ETH or Solana? ETH. I'm out here out trading you on ETH, Nick. You would have sat on your hands anyway. We both. Know. You're always out trading me on ETH, but uh, I, you know, I got a little ETH to play around with. So I'm. Wait, I, and I, did you I, say I, they went from point oh oh nine to point oh five? Yeah, I think yeah, I think they got it to point oh six. So we're like we're in like the fractions here. We're like we're trading down in the minor league because gas is so low. You can actually do it these days. I'm pretty yeah, sure this Easy used. I'm pretty sure Easy used the show yesterday as his exit liquidity. So just be and careful. Now it's back there. down at point oh nine. No, if I was gonna do that, I would have shilled it way harder. It's free again. Um, I provided I provided the value when you have <laughs> gifts as the statements and everyone sharing the same gif. The floor automatically pumps. It's basic NFT science. Yeah. I, easy I like 
The, the tell that Easy's pumping and dumping something is if Micah G's also involved. That's the tell. Yeah, it's a collaboration effort for sure. I like how Ben Jammin's like it's back to free. We, we went from a free good back to idiots paying for it, and it's now back at free. There, there it is. Uh, <laughs> that's how you want. Yeah, that's how you want the price action on your NFTs to look. Um, so I want to actually throw to Easy. Easy debuted his Solana show last night at 5 p.m. and it it was met with a ton of applause. Like uh, it seems like the whole Solana community was really excited to have like a, a what they're describing. I, I'm not even describing it as this, but what they're describing is a legit Solana show. Um, so I'm incredibly excited to keep that going with Easy. I mean, it's his show, um, but I want to actually have Easy do a like a Solana summary quickly. Here. Here because I think that more people are interested in Solana than I had originally thought, just seeing the turnout from yesterday's show and the response afterwards. And, and Easy did an incredible job, so you guys should definitely check it out. But I wanted to just say real quick, because I don't think I mentioned it yet, the tweet that's pinned to the top uh, by Blockbar, who is our sponsor for today's show, if you retweet that, then you'll have an opportunity to win the NFT that we're giving away, which is 1.5 Ethereum in value. It is a Patron NFT. It's an NFT that represents ownership of a Patron bottle. You will learn more about Blockbar's business um, and why that's an NFT that you're definitely going to want. Um, and we also have some other special guests to talk about that sponsorship today. You can probably see them on stage that that aren't normally here at this point in the show. Um, so really really excited to get into that but uh yeah well go ahead nick i just wanted to say you know i noticed there was some troll or something that was uh making fun of us and what's hilarious is is in the process of doing that they they always mention our sponsors so <laughs> I, I just want to let the trolls know shout out you know remember to shout out block bar if you're talking <laughs> any trash remember they're today's sponsor so just remember that thank you trolls <laughs> The trolls just spreading a bunch of BS about us, but they're like, and yeah, they were sponsored by Block. Like their joke, <laughs> their joke is literally, and and they're sponsored by FTX. And I'm like, hey, hey thanks, for thanks for raising thanks. awareness for our sponsor. <laughs> Thank you. Um, easy. So w give us like a little Solana weather report. Like what what exactly is going on in the world of Solana right now? Yeah, today's an interesting day. We have Trippin' Ape Tribe. I hate the art. I hate how they look, but they have 400,000 Twitter followers and whitelist spots are selling for 40 Solana right now. So that's basically where all the liquidity is focused. They mint this afternoon. I'm expecting a ton of projects to kind of pull back um, with that liquidity crunch. Uh, and then obviously we should see a bounce, should see funds kind of cycle out. But right now it's like the only focus is on tripping apes. It's the only thing people are talking about. I'm sure the space later today will be heavily around that and the price action. I don't know if the team's fully doxxed. The creator was on a space yesterday. We've even seen OK Bears pull back from 230 to 180. We've seen Dragons under 200. We've got SMBs under 200. Uh, a lot of stuff just kind of pulling back, trying to get liquidity. It seems like right now there's a ton of hyped mints on Solana, so it, it really is mint and flip season. People still chasing the next OK Bears kind of pump. Today's going to be interesting. Uh, I expect Solana to completely shit the bed. I expect TPS to go to zero, and I expect everyone to be complaining. So I'm really excited for it. I mean, it's a different world, man. And even Node was saying, because Node, I guess, didn't you catch like a Solana speaker at VCon or something? And Node was just like, hey, man, like Solana is just different, man. And for me to sit there and listen uh, and, and, you know, co-host with Easy yesterday during uh, Solana Made Easy, it was just, it's, it's been fascinating and I'm learning, uh, but, but it's definitely different. 
Well, yeah. they all sounded like better traders. I'm going to be honest. Like it Super technical. Like they, Super they were technical. Like a pay, paying attention to the trading, whereas ETH were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a three ETH totally makes sense. Like, yeah, uh, like the this- show is sponsored by Adderall, and uh, <laughs> they, they trade the two-minute candles. And trading view. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, by the time Easy actually tells us about something, he's already sold it. (laughs) When when Easy's show gets really big, you'll see K Money uh, approach him to do a skit, and the skit is going to basically be like just you know playing off of the ADD of the Solana trader and how K Money can't keep up. K Money did a hilarious video uh, with. Farouk and Farouk told us about it right after he finished shooting it and I was looking out for it I was like when's it gonna come out when's it gonna come out and I think it came out yesterday um I saw it like right afterwards it's super funny you guys got to check it out K Money's like really he knows what angle to play with each person he did it with Steve Aoki too it was hilarious so I want to get deep into the market because I want to talk about open seas volume with Captain Kicks and see what Ben Spencer Node Jesse you know everybody thinks of it but real quick we have very talented artist Vinny Hager on stage Vinny, i didn't get a chance to meet you at vcon um but i saw your art on the jumbotron i i saw more people wearing clothes and having like physical items that have your artwork on it than i think anybody else and it works so well on clothes i just wanted to ask man like what did you make of that did you expect that is that is that something i didn't know that's deeply part of your work uh because it was so cool you know seeing your art on air force one seeing it i felt like on people's bags and shirts like what was that like man well gm thanks thanks for having me up here i was just like you know what i'm gonna tune in i was like just waking up i'm like i'm gonna go say hey check out the morning alpha show um but yeah thanks for the uh thanks for the kind words and the and the jumbotron pick but um yeah, I think v- VCon was lit, one. It was pretty sick, to be honest. And, um, yeah, it's always a surprise to see um, people wearing my clothes and uh, sh- custom shoes and things like that. But, um, yeah, super fun. I was uh, able to, like, draw on people's shoes and give them a little drawing. So it was uh, VCon was a great time. I was glad to be a, a slight, slight part of it. Oh, that's super dope. So you were giving some hand-drawn one-of-ones to people, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'd have like this little uh, hotel notepad and I would just draw a few things on it and be like, find me at VCon. I have like five little drawings. And uh, um, so that was fun. And then shout out Spencer, who's also a speaker. Me and Spencer were hanging out a lot. Why didn't you message me that you were having one of those and I just get one? Like, this is fucked up, man. (laughs) um, Next next year, Nick, I got you next year. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Yeah, I saw one of our community members the first night and they had a piece of paper and they said that they went up to Fuocious during the paint party and just went, hey, like, you know, could you could you start this for me? And Fuocious started it. And then they just went off and did. Obviously, you're not going to add to the piece of paper after Fuocious gives you essentially a one of one piece of artwork on a piece of paper right there. So I was like, you rugged Fuocious hard. You got a one one out of Fuocious right there. So I've got a kick out of that. But Danny Cole was also drawing the whole time. Um, and I feel like I saw some other artists. It's such a cool thing to do, especially given how early we are in the nft space um and being able to connect with with you know artists that you've collected or that you're a fan of is so cool um vinny was there like one moment that was a standout moment for you from vcon Ooh, um well i think to be honest hanging out with like spencer hanging out with andrew hanging out with danny cole a lot we it was like our little squadron we were just like running around but uh me and danny were at the paint party and uh we did like a collab creature letter piece and we were like trying to give this big canvas away but 
nobody was like able to fly with it obviously so Danny just like cut the canvas out of the like wooden stretcher and just rolled it up and gave it to uh gave it to a friend who was flying back to Europe so I think that was pretty cool and uh, just making our work and, and chatting with people was great yeah, that's incredibly cool. And, you know, your collection uh, is holding its floor incredibly well during this kind of, you know, broader market downturn, if you want to call it that. Um, but do you actually trade at all? Like, do you buy NFTs or, or like, you know, make any trades in the market? Or are you more focused on your artwork? I'm uh, definitely like focused on a lot of my own personal work and building on that sense, building in quotations. But um, um, no, usually if I buy something, I just try to hold it for, for as long as I can. Um, but yeah, not much of a trader yet. Yeah, so I'm assuming you bought Goblin Town. You know, I was <laughs> no Goblin Town was way off my radar. Uh, I wish no, I did. That. No surprise. <laughs> no surprise. It was off your radar. It was off everybody's radar. Dude, there was like one day over the weekend where there was like there was like five spaces going. I was like Goblin Town. This. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a full-on degenerate play. Well, I want to dive into the market. Um, everybody that's listening, make sure you retweet the tweet at the top by BlockBar. That will enter you uh, for a chance to actually win a Patron NFT that BlockBar is going to be giving away. It's worth 1.5 ETH. When you learn about BlockBar's business, who they are, what they do, um, and their utilization of NFT and blockchain technology, you'll understand why you want that NFT. Um, you know, but diving into the diving into the market, I want to hear from Kicks. I want to hear from Spencer, from Easy, from Node, from Jesse. Um, let's start with Kicks. Kicks, you look at NFT market volume quite a bit. I noticed, like, I had to do a double take when I looked at the volume chart for OpenSea last night because it's just. I, I, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just so bad. Is it not like how bad is the volume right now? And how like is this something you're scared of? What do you make of this? And then I, I was hanging out with an in real life friend yesterday and he was like, is there a big liquidity event coming up in the NFT space? And I was like, uh, no, I don't think there is. W what do you make of where we're at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean, I've I, I don't have like a crazy amount of exposure to the market. I mean, I, I still have like four cyber brokers uh, got absolutely demolished by the uh, PXN play. I'm just not selling those just to like remind myself why I never do stupid shit like that. So I'm just like feeling that pain a little bit every day as I refresh that floor price. I got like three <laughs> of those um, got a bunch of like smaller projects, but I mean, I probably cut my exposure to NFTs in March and April by like, you know, 70% or something like that. So I still have a bag, but like, I don't have a Moonbird, I don't have, uh, you know, Azuki's, I don't have board apes or anything like that anymore. Uh, I mean, the volume is absolutely atrocious. What I can say is, is that there's no, there's no logical reason why, um, any of the blue chip prices should be where they are at with the, with where the volume is at right now. The only reason it is, is because people on NFTs are so delusional, um, to, <laughs> especially with the amount of money that they made. And I'm not trying to like troll. I'm being like dead serious. Like, is Kicks, that, do you like, think there's any correlation to the fact that like, OpenSea was down for a majority of yesterday? Yeah. They were having massive issues. They couldn't stay. That's, I think that also plays into why Luxor had a surge yesterday and is up to 50% of the volume and why we're seeing like a massive downtrend yesterday. Yeah, that definitely is a great point. I think that has something to do with it. I'm not even talking about yesterday in, in, uh, in particular. I'm talking about just 
um, like the volume for like the last weeks. But you're 100 percent right, and that explains. That's a great point. That explains why looks rare went up uh, relatively. But even so, that means that like instead of doing 24 million in revenue, we did 28 million. It's still really really anemic. Um, and I mean, I you see it in in like you know Doodles was like holding above 20 ETH longer than most. Um, and then it's finally like crashed down to like the mid tier blue chip, you know, floor, which is at like 12 to 13 ETH. Um, I I'd say that you probably see board apes start to move down, but once again, there's just so many people that are, I am not saying this negatively. Once again, I'm saying it, you know, in it, just a sober mindset that are kind of like delusional with NFTs. Um, and they'll just buy stuff up if they think it's underpriced, even as the rest of the world's burning. So it, it, the prices may not, you know, drop further but i honestly i honestly think that they will it's just i think that there's some select opportunities that you can make money trading like look at what easy did look what burtonist did um there's still plenty of projects coming out where like there's an opportunity to make money you can also see that these projects that come out they sometimes get to a higher price quicker than you'd expect and it's because everybody's crowding the trade because there's no other opportunity to trade so they're all crowding on the same trade but like me personally as a trader it's so simple for me i'm just not going to buy into nfts in a significant way unless it's just like a super good opportunity i'm not going to do that until the volume um either the volume corrects or the the buying opportunities get like so good and i still don't even think that they're there i mean for uh doodles uh uh clone x all of these things um, they're, they're back to like January prices, not in USDC terms, but in ETH terms, they're like back at like January prices. Uh, that's like not even like crazy, you know, attractive when you think about like in December, half of those projects didn't exist or they were a third of that price. So yeah, I mean, the market conditions definitely look great. I think if you're a trader, you just got to be very selective. There's still money making opportunities out there, but it's going to be like super PVP. You got to get in and you got to get out before everyone else. But yeah, I, I'm definitely sitting on the sideline. Can you stop fighting my bags? <laughs> like, dude, you're you're destroying you're destroying my bags here. I'm already down. Uh, my NFT portfolio is down half a million dollars. So I'd appreciate it if you stop with that. Thank you. <laughs> He's just telling me if we all just believe the volume will magically restore, the feds will start printing it'll special return. NFT coupons. It'll, I think it'll it's going to return next year. Uh, I want to hear next from year. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, I want to hear from Spencer. Uh, Spencer, you you follow the market professionally. Uh, we also got a chance to hang out briefly at VCon. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you don't know, Spencer's drip in person is just through the roof. Uh, he pulls up on me sporting a killer acid sweatshirt. I was like, I didn't even and then I should have known. I guess killer acid's super deep in the merch game. I, I know him from NFTs, but I was just blown away. I was like, I didn't even know that that was out there. Um, so I'm totally going to be biting your style, Spencer. Um, but yeah, Spence, how you doing? GM, Pio, good to see you guys. Hey, Vinny. Hey, Easy Eats. Hey, everyone. Uh, Nick, it was great to see every signal. It was so cool to see everyone at, um, at uh, VCon. I think the market is very interesting right now. What I'm looking at is um, some smaller collections that have bigger than usual volume. Specifically, the thing I've got my eyes closest on right now is Space Strip by Artifact. If you look in the Artifact ecosystem, Space Strip is by far the lowest supply of anything. And what we're what we see 
in downturns traditionally is that tr like blue chip traditional art actually does quite well in down markets. And I think we've seen that here as well. A lot of talk from people uh, about punks, a lot of talk from people about fidenzas. Um, when the market goes down, art tends to outperform tech stocks. So which of these NFTs are kind of trading like tech stocks versus trading like art? Um, low volume isn't always the end of the world on collections with really diamond-handed holders. So again, Space Trips is something I am looking at pretty closely. I picked up uh, a Space Trip last week. Um, also artists, I think, uh, you know, shout out to Vinny who's on stage. Letters is a, is a pretty attractive product in terms of the art world and it's got a really great entry price um, in addition to Fidenzas and in addition to um, Punks. I'm also very curious to see how Wrecked Guy does, which was launched by OSF and Mando. Um, that has a surprisingly high floor for a free claim. It's already up to 0.5 about two days later. I think CCO projects are really um, do well in down markets because they don't have the same risk of a team that doesn't deliver because there's no thing to deliver on with a CCO project, really. Um, and I like that. They don't have a team to be bearish on. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about, dude. Like, What'd you say? <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if I, I couldn't even like, hear what yeah, he said. Like yeah. literally, that wasn't English. But outside of like, I'll totally get it, sorry, dude. Sorry, I feel a little giggity. I was saying, I love it. That's bullish that they don't even have a team, so you can't even be bearish on the team because there is no team. So therefore, that's bullish. I like that. You see, it's, I actually genuinely think this that uh, a buddy of mine who trades uh, stocks full time was saying that he loves crypto because there's no earnings calls, so there's nothing to underperform expectations. It's just market dynamics. I think the same is actually true of CCO projects, where in the down market, we see a lot of scandals coming out about founding teams, a lot of under-delivery on roadmap, et cetera. But with the CCO projects, that's not a risk. They tend to just move with the market. So if you're looking for NFT exposure without exposure to project teams, um, CCO projects are great. I'm looking at Cryptodes, I'm looking at MFers, and I'm looking at RectGuy. Yeah, I think that those are good calls. Spencer, what do you think of uh, cryptodes in this situation? People were bringing up the fact that uh, Oddities, which is a Gremlin project in the Moonbirds proof ecosystem, was being priced higher than cryptodes. Do you think that that's you know, a mistake in the market or do you think that that's on point? Look, I think it's a completely different thesis, right? I think people are looking at Proof Collective and have good reason to be uh, you know, excited about what Proof Collective is doing and uh, that product being part of the Proof Collective ecosystem. Whereas I think if you look at CCO projects in general, I think CCO projects are undervalued relative to the rest of the market with, due to their lack of sort of risk exposure to performance of teams. But I think it's a completely different thesis. Although they're by the same artist, like it's not the same even category of project. And I think it's really important right now in the market to say, okay, am I looking at art for art's sake projects? Am I looking at projects that are um, you know, CCO and have kind of a cool copyright thesis? Or am I looking at projects with a really strong team like Proof Collective where I'm making a bet on the team? And so I actually think of those as pretty unrelated to each other. Okay, under your head, which one do you think should be priced higher? Crypto easily. Cryptos. Man, the only mistake in the market right now is the fact that I didn't sell the damn crypto to 20 ETH <laughs> or whatever the hell it pumped up to 12 ETH. What a mistake. What an absolute disaster. But it's okay because one crypto always equals one crypto. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. You know what? <laughs> the whole one ETH, whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. You literally, if, if you had sold your NFTs a month ago, you could have bought a house. If you, if you waited till today, you're still a renter. 
you can't buy an ice cream sandwich if you waited till today. Um, I, I Justin, just wanted to say, with everybody kissing Vinny's ass here, who is, uh, <laughs> I was the first one. I was the first one. It's on wax. It was a Friday evening yeah, that I recommended. Point two five. It wasn't a free mint. I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was a closed mint. But you can get it at a point two five. A bunch of us swept the floor in the Nifty Discord before there was even a Nifty portal. So shout out to Vinny. Um, I just want to say yeah. real quick. Yeah, Vinny, that is true uh, that Jesse was the first one. But when he when he bought it to us, he said, I don't like the art at all, but I think suckers. No, will. No, not- I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, but on the, on the macro trend, I mean, Captain Kicks is already is always tuned into this um, because of, because of his, ex, uh, you know, he knows the coins, he knows the equities. I've been pushing back on the. You know, the sky is falling. I used to be the bear here and I'm, I'm turning into the bull just relative because, I, again, I didn't experience 2017. But I, again, I think what we need to distinguish, and I think this is why the blue chips are holding up. In 2017, when ICOs crashed, you had no money left. Your coin was worth zero. You closed up shop. You fired your team and you all got new jobs. Like these, It was a chip, lot of fun. These blue chip NFTs have tens of millions of dollars in liquid cash they, that they can continue to spend. Like if proof wanted to, they could give everybody on their team a six month like paid vacation and say, we'll just ride out this bear and it wouldn't even be a big deal. So company, you know, these people like dude, a lot of these teams don't even have big staffs, right? They're six people, 20 people. And so I just think that's one difference and probably why we're seeing this like K-shaped recovery, well, not recovery, but like, you know, the, the, the junk is kind of dipping doodles is hanging on, or a lot of these, you know, there might be dipping, but they're still hanging on pretty, pretty solidly. ETH is still 2000. And I think that's partly because again, when you raise ETH, you know, it's, it's real money, like these teams and it's upfront cash. It's not like, again, it's not just like uh, equity in a startup, which isn't liquid. Like you have actual money that you can pay people with. Um, and so Unless that's you probably a ETH. distinguishing factor. Oh. Unless you kept it all in ETH, like a lot of people did, and then now their uh, treasuries are down by fifty percent. Yeah, that's well, yeah, what they're the down fifty percent, but fifty percent is, is better than ninety-five percent. And the, if you hear the, if you hear the birds in the background, I mean, I, I'm homeless. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I didn't <laughs> update you guys. Uh, I went overexposed on NFTs, and I'm homeless. But no, it's. Uh, I think you know we already had a sixty percent dip, and I think this is probably the new baseline. I mean, the ICOs did uh, raise money, and they converted a lot of that. Uh, Actually, at that point in time, most of them kept ETH and Bitcoin. And I know a bunch of people that lost a large percentage of their uh, balance sheet as a result of that. Um, but that said, I, I think you're also um, you're also right that there's a lot of projects that have capital here. And there was last time um, there was Decentraland and there were there there were like other projects that just stuck with it through uh, the bear a lot of them did disappear, though, but that's because they were straight up scams. Um, and I think that a large number of like, there there were also a large number of NFT scams. Um, but th- w- there's also plenty of projects that have cash. I still think as a whole, though, that this market is relatively tiny um, e- in terms of cash balance and that there's only a few of them um, that have a significant amount. You look at Board Ape Yacht Club as the primary one. Um, and then I don't even know what would be like doodles, uh, is in a great place. I, who else, uh, maybe world of women. Uh, I'm not sure how many, like you can name that actually have proof and birds, uh, proof would be another one. Yeah. I don't know why I skipped over them. Maybe cause they I'm have angry. a ton of money. They did two and a half ETH for their primary sale on Moonbirds. kind of crazy. Yeah. I still, and I still think the, the utility thing, it's such a cliche, but you know, Moonbirds, carton, all these things that, 
even if yeah. it's your, you know, even if your project is just holding, you know, if you end up getting something right, Theo, you said, you know, I got to VCon. Not only did I pay for my ticket, it paid for my plane ticket, right? Like if if you get stuff just for owning your NFT, and if if a, if a community can deliver value, you know, outside of just number how, how did that work? Did you file your air, like your airline ticket as a business expense? <laughs> VCon, like how did that work out? No, I just tweeted that because like obviously it was a business expense, right? But what I didn't see coming, I figured that there would be something interesting that happened, but I'll admit that I didn't see it coming that the VCon ticket was going to pump. And so when Easy first showed me that the ticket pumped, Easy, what was it? Point, point nine? nine. But I got an interesting theory on those first VCon tickets. Like I'm, I was talking with I think it was Luke, uh, one of the portal holders at Top Golf. Guy's really into cards, uh, kind of like vintage stuff like that, and collectibles in general, toys, all that other stuff. And we both kind of came to the agreement like these tickets, the likelihood for them to retain value for something from Gary's pretty high because this is like a, a first edition collectible like a card almost this is the yeah. first conference there could be reoccurring value and gary preaches about collectibles 24 7 whether it's cards you name it so like for me i was thinking about that and then when he announced the utility for a free snoop dog airdrop to vcon ticket holders i was like all right this makes more and more sense and then when vcon ended he doubled down that he wants to go even bigger the next two years which means he's gonna have to sell more tickets which means these tickets could potentially either get you in next year retain value and still, it's like it's a collectible but, aspect. But dude, I, I I love that, and I I, I feel you on that. But like Gary V, he he's, he almost has a dozen children now at this point, right? <laughs> right. But this ticket, so the ticket, I didn't even know the ticket is at, at a half ETH now, so it's even higher than where I sold it at, which yeah, is well, crazy. Yeah, point nine back to point three, and is now holding that half ETH floor. So you I mean, don't shock me if it's sat here. Me? Yeah, I do. I, dude, I can't sell mine. I traded Tornado when tickets were po- sub point two for a portal. He then promptly floored his portal, and I'm still holding the ticket. <laughs> but then he swept 15 portals, so like I'm not too mad. I also told yeah. him we could sell it. So I he mean, I'm happy portal. to hold it. He got the portal back. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be wild to see how it pull, how it kind of plays out. But I feel like with knowing Gary, this is right up his alley. Uh, he always rewards his sort of OGs, and he always rewards people that believe in him. What's so AJ's to- floor price at, Pio? It's lower than this. But- Apparently, that was a great event. One thing I was going to say is what I think is different between now and the ICO phase is that, like, you're going to see a lot more releases um, from some of these NFT projects, uh, which involve other NFTs. And so basically, uh, there's going to be more just collectibles volume and activity from those that are within the space. The real question is, is like, I don't know how what percentage of the audience just came in uh, purely to speculate and then are now like, ah, oh, there's no more alpha in here, and so I'm going to leave. Um, but I, I think that the overall market has expanded by likely an order of magnitude, uh, if not more. And so I think that um, you know th- this space is definitely going to stick around uh, through the bear market. It's just Rick, gonna- are you okay? Sorry, what? You're, you're, you're like talking into the mirror right now. Like you're like telling yourself everything's going to be all right. You're like not, not everyone's going to leave. So there's some people going to stick around through this bear. They're going to stick here. We're Yo, not I'm still going to hang out with right you now. guys. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still going to hang out. Um, 
Nick, the problem is, is that you said your losses out loud and that makes them real. So like a half a million dollars, like you're probably in the mirror right now, well, splashing saw, water in your face. I, I saw Logan Paul, they, their video popped up on YouTube and it was like, Logan Paul reveals he's lost half a million in crypto. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool. You too. But he made like two or three million scamming his audience with NFTs though. So he's still up. He's still up at least two and a half. So he's doing just fine. Dude, I'm not worried about the NFT market at all. Like I have such a capacity and excitement to like buy a bunch of NFTs when they're not also sitting at like inflated prices. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the stock market, there's like stocks out there that are like down 80%. Like uh, uh, Coinbase stock is just in the gutter. Yes, Snapchat just... Yeah, Snapchat just lost 35% of its market cap overnight. And then you just have these like NFT projects just like herd during along, like nothing's going on. Like, I think there's going to be a ton of buying activity if, if some of these good projects get to prices that are like more attractive. But like the current model is like, uh, you know, uh, you buy an NFT project, you hope it's a blue chip and you hope it's a blue chip because that means that it's going to poop out more NFTs that you can sell or hold on to. Like, that's the current model. Like, we're going to need a little bit more innovation in the next, like, six months to, like, really get it going. But, like, dude, I'm here for NFTs for the next 10 years. Like, and it, we are so early that everyone's freaking out because this is the first bear market it's ever had. That's how we know how early we are because it's like agree. the first time price go down. <laughs> I agree. And if someone can get into like the food and beverage market in this NFT thing, that's going to be huge. I don't know. No, I mean, every market is going to, we're going to get into Sorry. every market. Do you mean that, you're working at McDonald's? I'm confused. That was a softball, P.O. That was a segue to pump the sponsor. Yeah, and I was about to bring I was about to bring up our sponsor in response. So thank you, Jesse. Um, everybody, make sure you retweet the tweet at the top by Blockbar and Vinny. I'll see you, man. Thanks for coming on stage. See you um, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, retweet the the tweet at the top from Blockbar um, for a chance to win a Patron NFT. We're gonna dive into Blockbar's business. Um, it it does look like uh, Johnny Walker dropped from the stage. So hope that they can come back. Hope they were not rugged. What a pain that would be. Um, Node. So you hold basically the the what's what of valuable NFTs. You have a CryptoPunk, you got Bored Apes, you got Mutant, you got uh, the OG Art Block stuff. You have Solana Monkey Business on Solana. You got all the good stuff. Uh, what do you make of this situation? Is there any temptation from you to sell, or are you just a badass with a five year time horizon that says I'm just going to ride it all the way through? Yeah, we need to get. You know who we really need to get on the show is DC Investor. Uh, yeah. We need a little more of the long term vibes out there. Yeah. I, I don't have I don't have uh, an ape anymore. I followed the Captain Kicks uh, playbook and I sold right around when Captain Kicks did for my ape. Uh, but I still have my mutants. My thought with the with the top tier stuff, though, is that a, a lot of us that that own, you know, these projects like I actually never wanted to like flip my punk. Right. And I never want to like um, until it gets into the millions is, is the is the hope. So I'll, I'll either ride it to the moon or, or down to nothing. Uh, I've tried to sell my punk twice and I couldn't do it. Like I panicked. I like listed it and then panic delisted it like five minutes later. Uh, so That's I think the top, like, <laughs> the, the top the top tier stuff, like uh, there's a lot of people that just want to buy and hold, right? Like we want to own it and we want to keep owning it. So I'm actually not, I think unless there's like a broad capitulation in the market from here, like I don't know that we see, you know, these these projects drop super hard i mean they're already down like punks i mean they're they're down from a high of 150 down to 50 
So it would be, uh, I would be, I'd be devastated if they, if they got much lower, but I, I do, I like, I like the top tier stuff. Um, and, and, and interestingly enough on the, you know, talking about the wrecked guy stuff as well, uh, punk six, five, two, nine actually swept, uh, a bunch of those, which is interesting. So I know he's kind of, a lot of these guys like the OGs, they're very purist on the, on the CCO stuff. So, uh, it, it could be interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited because I have a couple of those. Um, but I, I, I agree with everything that, that Captain Kick said otherwise, like anything that's a uh, lower tier is, is for flipping and anything that's, that's upper tier. I'm just going to hold for now. Well, are you looking- the OSF that's interesting. I just wanted to just be, for people that haven't been following OSF is do, has done this thing. If you owned, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a hybrid, uh, high end art model where you can, you can like, you know, Jake, the DGen did this too, where you buy one of his tokens and then you get, you get like one of his pieces every like month or a couple months yeah, whatever obviously you have to be concerned a little bit about scarcity and oversupply but it's kind of it's using it, it's it's the opposite of the drifter shoots right they're basically saying my art is a utility but it's a utility not to just like some random party but you basically it's you know just kind of like you're in an insider club and you get if you, you like my art and as a as an original holder you get the value of getting more art and osf is doing that jake freed who is often in the audience has done that and it's it's a, i think it's kind of interesting it's a you know, it's high end because it's, it's definitely in the art category, but they are also trying to play with, you know, rewards to their holders. And, and so OSF is, I don't know, if this is this this is really the benefit. I wouldn't buy an OSF, this particular one, the wrecked guy to get into more stuff. But but if you previously owned an OSF, you got you got this as a free mint. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, we're, we're going to see where it goes. Node, are you buying anything right now? Uh, no. I mean, I bought I bought right after uh, Gary V made the announcement that the VCon ticket was going to be, uh, you know, have some kind of activation with Snoop. I mean, that's the reason why it pumped. Right. So he basically said, hey, later in the summer, this fall, the VCon ticket is going to give you some kind of uh, access, whether it's a drop or, you know, maybe even an event or something uh, later on in the year. Um, so I bought one like the minute after he said that at point two and then it and then it rips. So I might flip one of those. Because I, I now have a couple, um, I'm gonna wait and see if uh, you know if the if the OGV friends drop a little bit. Because um, I sold I sold mine a little bit after I after I got my ticket, um, and I might pick that one back up again. But no, I'm not I'm not actually buying anything. I'm mostly just trying to stack some ETH, and then uh, I might go over and play in Solana in Solana Land because Easy is a very persuasive individual. Well, look, uh, I'm really excited about Solana, too, because that show was pretty eye-opening for me yesterday, just how technical they all are. The names of the projects are completely ridiculous, like the, as ridiculous Who as you Who cares about could. the names? Screw the pictures. <laughs> We're here to make some money. Yeah, there's like this this kind of bedrock in my mind that's like, well, why would I buy it? Why would I buy it? Why would I buy it when it's like, you know, cuddly koala club, something like that, because that's what they all sound like. It really is. I'm not even trying to give it a hard time, but hearing how technical they all were, it was definitely exciting. And I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on Solana and maybe trying to keep up, although I really didn't retain that much. It was going so fast. (laughs) it's technical analysis of how much we're discussing a project every two minutes. Uh, that's essentially what they're doing. And they're like, wow, this floor is good. <laughs> know, it's, it's so absurd because it's a limited subset of people. So we're just, so, and then you're just tracking candles of that, which is uh, hilarious. It's like if you charted 
tweets about a specific subject on a three minute basis <laughs> and, and then started trading based on that. It, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, but they, they were really, everybody was very technical about it and thoughtful. And a lot of them were also just really good on the trading aspect of things yeah. in the sense that it was like they had entry points that exit points set. Most people operating the ETH space are betting with bigger bags and not not operating on that basis, which I just think is like, uh, honestly, like they they look more educated on on this front, or at least more mature uh, when it comes to their trades. Hey, so Nick, are you confirming here that as uh, a newfound Solana Maxi, it's the better chain? Because that's what I heard. Dude, dude, easy. You should be crapping your pants right now. Like Nick is the biggest <laughs> black omen that could ever come to Solana. If this guy all of a sudden gets bullish on Solana, yeah, I'm going to Cardano. Yeah, you got to get Cardano real quick, <laughs> real quick. But uh, in the Discord, some people are saying, you know, I, maybe I've had a little too much of a bearish vibe on the call just because I'm talking about short term. But I just want to talk about long term, which is that long term NFTs are going to be massively successful. And we've already proven as a society that people value like these rare assets that have zero utility or functional value whatsoever. There's Pokemon cards that go for hundreds of thousands of dollars or Magic the Gathering cards that go for hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have no utility other than to sit in someone's house so that they can show people that they have this awesome rare card. You know what I mean? Like NFTs on a long-term horizon are going to be absolutely phenomenal. There's so many, I mean, and there's so much like good data coming out that like uh, the the new generation of adults have like a huge distrust for traditional financial markets and they're gravitating way more to crypto and they're gravita gravitating way more to NFTs. People don't want to be trading, you know, sticker, uh, you know, stock tickers um, if they could be trading NFTs instead. So I think NFTs on like, and, and that's why I know talking about DC Investor is huge because DC Investor is looking at like a 10, 15 year horizon and trading accordingly. He's also probably stupid rich and has the ability to trade at that long of a horizon. I personally don't, but like I'm super bullish NFTs long-term, but you can be super bullish NFTs long-term without like you know, snorting the hopium in a bear market, telling people everything's fine. They're great deals now. Buy, because then people could be down another fifty percent in two months or something like that and hate me. But I just want to reiterate that I'm super, super, super bullish NFTs long term. This is and the reason why I may be a little relaxed is because, like PO, I was on Nifty Gateway for a brutal NFT bear market. Like it already destroyed my soul. I don't have an NFT soul left. Like I can provide these ups and downs like way easier now but like nfts are going to come back once the macro market conditions continue and they will come back with such a vengeance with 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 it's going to be bonkers it'll probably be even bigger than this cycle but like in the short term the best investment strategy is just to be patient and pick your targets and pick your opportunities a lot more selectively you know so, Kix, yeah, re really quick, really appreciate the long-term perspective, uh, but what about uh, your sentiment towards NFTs over the next two weeks? Yeah, I, I ain't buying shit, dude. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get. Sorry, was that Node that was about to speak? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, it's it's an interesting dynamic when you talk about, uh, you know, trading versus long-term holding. And that's, I mean, I honestly think that's one of the reasons why Solana, I mean, they, they've had more transactions. They have so many transactions, like the volume is crazy over there. 
but there's not a single project over there that's even close to like the Board API Club or even punks in, in terms of the value. And, and I think it's because the whole mindset is like literally trading, right? Like short term trading, which is, which is tough. Like it's that, that, that doesn't accrue value to any project. And if, I mean, as you know, if you're trying to build something long-term, I mean, I'm sure Captain Kicks could speak to this. Like you don't, you don't want your holders obsessing over the floor price all the time and, and trading based on whether it's going up and down. Like you want people to believe in your project and to, and to kind of build with you long-term. So Very that's much like, so. what's that? I said very, very much so. That's like spot on. Like, you know, Crypto Raiders prices are really like struggling right now. And people that were just there to speculate and, and buy some game assets and flip them for money, they're like starting to get flushed out. But people that have been playing the game for six months and still love it, they're still here and they'll be here for the next six months and they'll be here for the next year. I actually think that the NFT bear market is a blessing in disguise for the industry because a bull market allows project creators to be lazy and to do lazy things because it's so easy for the prices to continue to go up. A bear market forces existing projects to innovate and it forces new projects to innovate because there isn't a free money train coming out. I mean, we talked about Goblin Town on Monday, right? Like very high quality project. It did a free mint. Like people loved it and really rallied behind it. Right. And that's not even like crazy innovative. That's just a very polished project. Like imagine over the next six months, the type of projects that are going to come out there that really, really get people excited because they're doing things that we've never even seen before. Right. That's actually why bear markets are healthy for us in the long term because it's going to force innovation and that innovation is what's going to make these nfts valuable and innovation forces other projects to innovate to stay relevant as well so as soon as some new projects are coming out and they're doing these really cool new mechanics it's going to put pressure on existing projects to innovate as well and through this bear market you know for it could be as soon as three months from now it could be as long as maybe six months or a little bit more than now but we're going to come out with all of this new technological applications on all of these like new ideas and that's what's going to push the market forward and that's what's going to make us be able to have another bull run so like this is healthy in my opinion yeah i just wanted to also say yeah i think the soul thing is interesting if you're working with if you're a little more conservative right now you're working with a little bit lower cash right what is he saying about everybody being technical well yeah like if you're if your margins are that small, like we, we always make the joke about it being the poor chain, but really, if you're if you're trying if you're working with fifty bucks and you're trying to make turn it into sixty, you can't just like screw around. Like I think a lot of people made so much money on ETH, gas was irrelevant, right? It's kind of like the rich drunk guy Ashton Kutcher at, the, at Las Vegas. Yeah, they can just throw money around when you need to be like Joey Kanish from Rounders, and you need to be you know really smart about you really should this is financial trading you really shouldn't just be like laughing your way through you know all these trades like we do and so i i think working on soul with that kind of margins yeah that's going to make you sharper and, and a better trader i just wanted to put that out there and i just wanted to, i had one one quick huxley thing that we should get out before you do the sponsor thing huxley has a um snapshot today at 3 p.m so if you're in on huxley uh if you have issues one two and three you can get four so make sure one two and three are in the same wallet if you have them, or if you have one and two, you might want to pick up a third, number three, they're point one. Um, you know, Huxley's not that hot right now, but if you wanted to get 
whitelist for four. Today's the day. I mean, look, when I look at Huxley at these prices, it reminds me of Aku exactly one year ago during the bear market. That's when chapters two and three came out in Aku, and those turned out to be the scarcest ones, and those went up by a magnitude of like 10 to literally 50x. And Huxley has a similar model. I can't believe I didn't like fully you know, realize the model being identical when we first got Huxley, because if that was the case, I would have one of each of these Huxleys, because it's just a no-brainer to do that. But yeah, that's a good call out, Jesse. And you, it looks like you can get chapters two and three for Huxley uh, for under point three. Chapter one seems to be the bottleneck. So yeah, that's a valuable I wouldn't, I wouldn't one. buy one, two, and three just to get four. Like it's not that hot right now. There's no reason to think Huxley's going to pump. But yeah, if you already have the one, two, and three. But I've been thinking the exact same thing. It just feels. It feels like Aku uh, 2.0 to me. Uh, and and not, not quite as difficult with the mechanics, but kind of the same the same concept if you want to get in on something a little early. Yeah, I mean, the mechanics... Okay, well, I don't know what the complicated mechanics are, but yeah. Um, Spencer, you raised your hand. And then real quick, everyone, retweet the tweet at the top by Blockbar. They're our sponsor for the show. After we talk to Spencer, we're going to dive into Blockbar. Um, they're giving away one 1 1.5 Ethereum value NFT. It'll be a Patron NFT. You're going to understand what that actually means once we talk to them. Really excited about that. Uh, but Spencer, what are you thinking about? Yeah, no, I just wanted to weigh in on this, like... Um discussion a little bit about how to think about time horizons in the space because I, I think it's really important like n nobody has a crystal ball here like you're not going to know when the top is until you look back and you say oh that was the top and similarly like you're not going to know when the bottom is until you look down and you say okay that was the bottom and so you know if you think on like a five-year time horizon like what are the odds here like is it and osf had a good tweet about this recently i think he said like you could go up 500 percent or down 50%. Like, would you take that trade? And if you look on a time, five-year time horizon, I think that that's pretty relevant for NFTs. Um, I also think a lot of people are, they don't fall victim in a down market to over-trading, right? Like, this is a this is an industry with huge fees. Like, you're paying, like, 5 to 12.5% sometimes every time you, you sell something on OpenSea, right? And, and it might not feel like a lot, but over time, that actually adds a ton. And so I would say it's pretty reasonable. Like, I usually only buy or sell when I'm looking to um, decrease exposure to the space as a whole or increase exposure to the space as a whole. Um, and if you go and you buy into NFTs during this down market on the thesis of, okay, well, I think that maybe in the next, you know, sometime between now and the next six months, we'll, we're going to have a recovery. And I don't know exactly when, like it's reasonable to then, okay, over this period of time, if you find good entry points to project, look and, and go in because you're never going to know exactly when it is. And then what you'll end up doing is you'll buy as things are running up. And that's not what you want to do. You want to try and buy low and sell high. Right. And so I think it's just really important to, to, to think through what your strategy is and what your time horizon is. And, and there's a lot of reasons, taxes and just fees where over trading in this market is, is a, is a way to really quickly lose a lot of ETH. Yeah, and, and so what Spencer just said, we don't talk about a lot, but go tell the traditional financial advisor about the fees that you pay participating in the NFT space from every angle, including just buying crypto, right? Just like buying or selling crypto, those fees, and they'll probably have a heart attack, like a huge thing when it well, comes to long, yeah, long-term investing. You don't want to be paying crazy fees. Also tell them that 80% uh, of your net worth <laughs> is in JPEGs, and they're, that's actually probably going to be a bigger concern of theirs. Um, but yeah, you know, the trading fees.
<laughs> but no, seriously though, like, you know, they tell you that 401ks, for example, have a ton of hidden fees and those eat into your returns big time. Like the, the, basically that stuff compounds over, you know, years, decades, and it's a big problem. So when you're active in the NFT market, just keep in mind you are, you know, getting chewed out by fees. Um, but when you 15X, 100X, it probably makes Some up for it. Like, Something we didn't discuss, and uh, maybe we can save this for later, is the the GameStop wallet that came out, um, and and that appears to be uh, some interesting news that they uh, rolled that out. I'm not sure if we put that in the weather report, but um, yeah, it, that it, that was that was big news yesterday. It was in the newsletter, I believe. It was mentioned in the weather report. Another example of a Web two company, if you will. It's an interesting case, right? Because it's GameStop. Um, you know basically making a competitor to MetaMask is my understanding of it. The other story that we'll have to dive into tomorrow um, is just this trend of stepping. I was inviting Micah G to come to the stage. This is Move to Earn. Uh, yesterday when Micah and me did the YouTube podcast, I said to him, what are you looking to discuss today? And he said he wanted to discuss Move to Earn. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, really? Like, is that really what you want to discuss? And he's dead serious. I thought it was just Steppen, and I thought Steppen was like a pyramid, you know, type of thing that was going to go away pretty soon. I know that someone from Adidas, a higher up from Adidas, is associated with it. But apparently, there's like 20 of these move to earn things. It's just, and it's an you know, it's just like it's just like play to earn gaming when when Axie cranked it up and everyone yeah. piled in on the trade. It's no different. I mean, anyone that is getting into stepping, which I mean, you should do if you want to, at the very least, with normal NFTs, you lose your money and nothing happens. With stepping, you, you, you could potentially lose money or make money, but you'll at least get in shape. So that's, that's a way better use case than most of these things. But like the, the reason why you can make money in stepping is because there are more people buying into stepping than people are trying to leave stepping. It's exactly like Axie. Um, it's exactly like Axie Infinity. What I personally just find funny is a lot of the people that were trashing uh, play to earn projects last year are the same people that are like, I'm, walk I'm walking around, I'm getting free money. for <laughs> It's like you're doing the exact same thing as Axie Infinity. You just think it's different because they called it something else. But here's what I think you have to look at Steppen and, and say, which is that Steppen um, – uh, is is an example of that kind of innovation that we need in NFTs and we need in the crypto space because it's actually done phenomenal things. 80% of, or, or not 80%, but a very high percentage of people that have bought into Stepin do not do much in crypto or NFTs in general, right? So it brought in a huge amount of new people to the market, which is massive and Stepin needs huge props for. Also, Unlike Axie Infinity, where most of the players were in third world countries, most of Stepin's users are in first world Western markets or like Japan, uh, countries like that. There's so a massive had, South Korean audience too. Like it's yeah, a lot massive, of yep. Southeast Asia and even Asian market. But it's also to your point, not, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's what's crazy to me is how much volume their app does. They make more money on fees. Five million a day, right? One point five billion a year run rate. Which yeah, is pretty insane. Still crushing. So that's, okay, that's well, more we'll money than MetaMask makes. Some, some crypto exactly. alpha. Some, 
Yeah, we're, we're going to dive into stuff. Holy cow, that um, was eight people talking at the same time. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> everybody. Sorry, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're, we'll talk about Move to Earn. Yeah, we're going to talk about Move to Earn tomorrow. Uh, I want to throw to our sponsors. So today's show is sponsored by Block Bar. Um, they have a partnership with Johnny Walker. We had uh, a rep from Johnny Walker on stage. It sounds like they had to jump. Retweet the tweet at the top uh, for a chance to win the Patron NFT that we're going to be giving away today uh, during the show, 1.5 ETH value. And you'll understand what it is shortly but great to have sam the ceo of block bar on stage um sam you've been on the show before uh this is our se second time doing a sponsorship with you i want to remind everyone what block bar is sam can you give us the kind of elevator pitch on block bar and your mission yeah of course and thank you for that po so at block bar what we do is we sell nfts directly from luxury spirits and wine brands where each nft corresponds to an actual physical product uh, and Blockbar stores that that the physical product for free, and then the consumer with the NFT they could gift it to anyone throughout the entire world. They could resell it on the platform or on OpenSea, uh, or or at any point they can exchange the digital version for the physical version. So burn the NFT and redeem the physical product. Uh, and then our mission is really to democratize the industry and to provo to provide access to anyone across the world to invest and collect in premium spirits. Epic. And so, you know, we got really, really excited the first time that we learned what BlockBar was when you had approached us and we asked some questions about, about the business and what it is. I get really excited anytime there's practical use of the blockchain because I think a lot of people don't actually have depth of understanding of what the technology we're working with here is and why it's important, right? It started with money and then NFTs showed that art and collectibles can be made permanent and traded. Uh, efficiently on the blockchain and value can be accrued. But what people don't understand is that there's all these other very practical use cases, one of which is proof of ownership, token of authenticity, um, for industries that historically have challenges with those two things, as well as issues with counterfeiting and crime, right? So you think of fine art. I didn't know that fine uh, wine and spirits or, or, you know, alcohol and spirits, I didn't know that that industry was one where a lot of value can accrue just like collectibles. And I didn't know how much counterfeiting there was in that. So can you talk about that a little bit and talk about how BlockBar, you know, solves that problem through blockchain technology? Yeah, of course. And I think that there's going to be, like you're saying, a lot of interesting applications for blockchain technology, you know, through NFTs. And like you said, it, there's a people get very confused or overwhelmed about the technology, but ultimately it is just a very efficient way to proving um, authenticity and proving ownership. And traditionally in the spirits world, I mean, you read all of these statistics about spirits and wine. Uh, traditionally, they've outperformed gold in the S&P 500 as an asset class and as an investment. But when you want to get into this space, that's when you kind of realize all of the hurdles, where number one is access where it's difficult to get some of these products, it's difficult to find them. And then even if you find them, you have to worry about storing them. And then if you decide to resell it, because like I said, it is a good investment. And I don't just say that, I urge everyone to do their own research, uh, but you're gonna be required to prove authenticity. And like you said, it's a huge issue in the industry. Um, the number of counterfeit, the number of counterfeit items is just skyrocketing. And when you think about it, it really is because you can, uh, prove the authenticity of the bottle and you could prove the authenticity of the label, but the liquid on the inside is actually very susceptible to counterfeit. And that's why, you know, people have been doing it because it's an easy way to monetize. But one thing that I wanted to touch on where, 
like you said, there's a lot of benefits for on the consumer standpoint, but there's also a lot of benefits from the brand standpoint where, you know, wine and spirits, they've had to go through very little innovation over the past years. And it's been around for such a long time. And one of the big problems that these brands have is that they have very little interaction with their end consumer. So, you know, a brand like Johnny Walker or any in the Diageo portfolio, usually when they sell a product, it passes through so many intermediaries that the end consumer usually doesn't even have any interaction with the actual brand itself. Uh, and then when the brand does want to do some sort of giveaway or some sort of experience, it's hard for them to interact with that end consumer. So that's one of the exciting things that we're incorporating with our upcoming drop with Johnny Walker, where, yes, you, you get the bottle, you don't have to store it. You have instant proof of authenticity and, inst- and you don't have to worry about anything else. But on top of that, Johnny Walker is also going to invite you on a unique, one of a kind experience uh, in their hometown in Scotland. That's unreal. And so this is also the the experiential side of it is the other thing that NFTs have really introduced, right? I've described NFTs as the perfect vehicle for a modern day fan club, right? When I was a kid, you could join like the Penny Hardaway fan club and get some stuff in the mail and stuff like that. But when you see what people like Gary Vee are doing, they give you they offer these experiences for people that hold their NFT. And it only makes sense that if someone's going to buy high-end liquor or really a collectible in the form of a Johnny Walker bottle that has historical significance, it makes sense to have that redeemable experience in real life also. You know, I want to ask you, Sam, um, what are some of like the holy grail alcohol assets out there, right? The, the fine wine and spirits like I think of a Michael Jordan rookie card or a Charizard card for Pokemon or an X-Men comic book. What are some of the equivalents? Um, I'm sure old wine from France and stuff like that, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear what some of that stuff is in your world. Yeah, well, it definitely revolves around. It's, it's actually a great question. No one has ever asked that, but I, I would say that it definitely revolves around um, scarcity and also age. Where when you think of, when you think about a lot of these products, you know, th- this upcoming Johnny Walker drop that we're doing is aged around 47 years. So this product has been in a barrel, in a cave, wherever it is, for 47 years, aging to perfection. So, you know, no matter how much Johnny Walker wants to recreate that product, they're not going to be able to. There's only going to be one 47-year-old of this kind that went through these conditions. And when you think of wine like that, it, it, it's the same case where you have some of these vintages that just can't be recreated. When you talk about premium wine, you know, let's say vintage 1983, you can't create a vintage 1983 because it's so contingent on the weather aspects, the storage aspects, who the master distiller was at that time and who the, pre, who the subsequent man, master distillers were because these products are aged for so long. Um, but also it really does come down to taste. So, you know, certain people like scotch, certain people like bourbon, certain people like French wine, Italian wine. So I don't think that there's one Holy Grail offering. Do you, if if someone is going to win uh, this NFT in particular and you get a multi-thousand dollar uh, bottle, would you drink this? Are you going (laughs) to hold it? And also like in terms of like what duration, if, if you don't drink it, does it go bad at some point? <laughs> Listen, Sam, look at how sophisticated Nick is when it comes to all No, no, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I think that, 
you know, a lot of the reasons. Yeah, I don't know if Pio, sorry not to interrupt. (laughs) Pio's not used to actually drinking multi-hundred year bottles of wine, whereas (laughs) I am. And let me tell you, a lot of them taste like shit. So I'm just curious (laughs) from your standpoint. And and part of the reason of that is because even when you're buying a product, even if you're assured that it's 100% authentic, you're still running the risk that the person who owned it before you stored it in improper temperatures. So, you know, you could go to an auction house and buy the real deal bottle of wine, but the person who owned it before you stored it somewhere that was a little bit too warm, the cork went bad, and then the liquid is basically vinegar. Um, so, you know, that's some of the risks that people that people run into that they don't even realize until it's too late. And at that point, you know, what recourse do you really have? Uh, so what we're trying to do is just solve that problem where we're trying to connect the consumers and the brands directly to each other and then provide a, a real use case where you know that each one of the brands, that each one of the products is going to come directly from the brand. You know that it's going to be stored properly. Uh, and then, you know, Nick, to answer your question, you could do whatever you want with it. There are some people that are going to use it uh, to gift it to someone across the world because, you know, it ultimately is an awesome gift. There's some people that are going to redeem it immediately or there's some people that are going to sit on it. And, you know, uh, not to interject on what you guys were talking about earlier, but in a downturn market like this, you're really seeing the value of some of these asset backed NFTs or, or just some of these hard assets overall. Where I touched upon it earlier, whiskey and wine traditionally is a very sound investment. Um, and what we're going to do is kind of give you the best of both worlds, where you're getting some exposure into the crypto markets, but you're also getting exposure into an asset class that most people never really had access to before. Yeah, it's very similar to the fine art market from what I can tell. And obviously, you know, I'm not super savvy when it comes to this, but that's the parallel that I, I'm able to draw. You know, so for people that don't understand, let's say someone wins the NFT that you're giving away today, which is the Patron NFT. That NFT represents ownership of this collectible Patron bottle that you all are storing in your temperature controlled facility. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And then with the NFT, you could either redeem it immediately um, in which case it takes around seven days to arrive to you. That's, of course, if we're allowed to ship into into that jurisdiction. Or you can opt in to just continue storing it with us for free. Epic. And then, like, so, yeah, so someone can basically sell this NFT that represents ownership of the asset. They can redeem it for the physical bottle if that's something that they want to do. But I predict that we're going to see more and more of this with all types of collectibles from fine art to comic books. You know, at VCon, we were with someone that was talking about his art collection. Um, He said he had been an art collector for 15 years. And one of the pieces that he really liked, he had bought for $1,200. And now it was worth like $50,000. But it it was, I forget how big, like eight feet by 15 feet. So he just put it right into storage. He bought, like I said, he bought it for 1200 He would have had to uh, pay $10,000 to get it framed. So it went right into storage. And a lot of people that participate in those uh, businesses, or excuse me, in, in those kind of uh, spaces, they actually go straight to warehouse to store because it just isn't practical to store it in your house or, or in any place like that. So what you guys are doing is taking all of that kind of uh, hassle out of it by storing the bottle. You have the temperature controlled facility to make sure that the alcohol stays pure because that's at the end of the day, the real value. And the uh, owner gets to just you know, have that representative NFT that they can redeem at any time or you know, trade or just... Yeah. And there's also an additional layer of why it's specifically the use case is so great for wine and spirits where traditionally, if you were to buy one of these assets... Um, it's virtually, it's, it's very difficult to store properly yourself. But then also, if you do want to resell it, uh, there's a lot of issues with reselling it. Liquor, liquor is one of the only collectibles that you can own but not resell freely because you would need some sort of liquor license or there's restrictions on shipping it into 
other regions, which is why the industry has moved a lot towards, you know, rapid delivery, where our thesis at BlockBar is with a lot of these products, most people are not going to consume it immediately. So there's not really a need for rapid delivery. There's just an, a need and a demand for instant ownership. So like you're saying, this way you get that instant ownership and then you have the option and the flexibility to sit on it as an investment, start a collection, gift it or, you know, eventually consume it, which is the ultimate goal with all of these spirits. The eventual consumption. You got to have them for a, a special yeah. event. Look, yeah, exactly. Not me, man. If I get the damn bottle, you guys are going to store it. You know what I mean? You guys are going to store it for me. And uh, and I'm, I'm going to take care of that. <laughs> We're happy to. Um, so, you know, let's talk about this drop with Johnny Walker, uh, because I think it's really interesting. You guys are going all out. A lot of people don't understand, you know, just like if you tell someone that's outside the NFT space, so-and-so paid this much money for a board Ape NFT, they'll probably think that that's wild. So I think a lot of people don't understand how much money is actually being spent on some of these, you know, collectibles in your field. So the details on this drop, so there's going to be seven total uh bottles of 48 year old johnny walker correct correct okay and it comes with a one of one nft um that's separate from the nft that represents ownership of the bottle and that's just that's boss logic's artwork right yeah correct kind of like a gift with purchase yeah, so people that don't know, Boss Logic blew up in late 2020. He was one of the early Nifty Gateway artists. He does a ton of work for uh, like the, you know, Marvel and and the different studios making superhero comics. If you look up Boss Logic on like Rarible and I mean, I mean, I should say Super Rare, and you can see how valuable his um, you know, his NFTs are, then you'll kind of understand. So if you buy this, you're getting the bottle, you're getting a Boss Logic one of one. All seven of them are different, so there's seven one of ones. And what's the price on this drop so the price on this drop is thirty five thousand dollars each and like you said you're getting the bottle wait what the fuck thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> i knew that was coming <laughs> yeah yeah and like i said the, the only part that you missed out on is you're getting the bottle stored for you for free insured for you for free you're getting the boss logic and if artwork nft and then also you're going to be able to go on an experience with johnny walker and their master distillers to go see the facility in singapore stay in a townhouse that they have in Edinburgh, which for people who don't know about the industry, it's impossible to get an appointment to stay there. So they're offering, they're opening up their house to, to allow the owners to come visit there and then taste some of the liquid that, you know, has never been tasted before. Some of the most exclusive liquid in the world. Um, so <laughs> you have to be a big fan. This is Johnny Walker specific, I'm assuming. So that that's something that uh, you, you're going to have to be a big Johnny Walker fan to drop that sort of cash. Is is Boss Logic coming with you on the private <laughs> jet to that place? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't have the info on that. Hopefully we could get him to come. Um, but yeah, also in terms of a collectible, you know, this is Johnny Walker's first ever NFT. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a collectible, you know, for, for a long time to come. Um, but again, there, this a, a drop like this just touches on so many different types of consumers, whether it's, you know, the crypto investor who has a ton of money who's looking to di diversify their portfolio um, and hedge against volatility, or, you know, the person who's always been interested in collecting spirits but has never really had access to do it before, um, or some people who, you know, they're interested in crypto, they're interested in fine wine and spirits, and this is just a way to get exposure into both markets. So, uh, I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, you know, at Blockbar, we try to do drops. We always do drops that are premium, so usually over $300. Uh, but some of them are around $500. Some of them are, are at a much higher price point. Um, you know, we just try to give our community a lot of different options to participate. But one of the cool parts is, you know, we, we're going to sell these for $35,000 each. We sold a Hennessy bottle for 
uh, $136,000. And then we sold, you know, the last board ape monkey shoulder bottle for 0.2 ETH. But all of those people are going to be part of the same community, uh, which is pretty cool. That's the part that I love that you guys are a platform. You're not a project, but in web three, even the platform has a community, especially when it's niche like this. Like, so, you know, some, something like uh, OpenSea or something wouldn't have a quote unquote community because it's just a marketplace, but because everybody that's on block bar is like-minded, right? Everybody's interested in the same uh, vertical, if you will. Um, you can actually get a community and there's people that buy the $300 bottle there. And there's also people that buy the, you know, quarter million dollar bottle. And that's actually out there. Like people are like, yeah, right. You know, who's going to buy that? Who's going to buy a board for 300 K it's out there. And the ultimate value is actually in the liquid that's in the bottle. So this is like real world stuff. Um, and you're integrating it into NFTs. Nick, were you going to say something? No, not at all. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I was going to say that I, I really do uh, like the, the model that you all are going with. And I think this is an awesome example of like, uh, a very unique NFT application. Cause like, you know, my understanding, as you said, like if I want to speculate on fine, rare, uh, liquors, um, if I was just to buy them and store them myself, then I have all sorts of issues. Like I can't ship that across state lines and sell it to someone else. And I don't want to have to deal with all of the storage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially like me buying gold on the stock market where I don't own it, it's in a warehouse using this technology, I can buy an NFT that represents a rare piece of liquor uh, in a, a similar kind of storage house. And I can trade it if it appreciates in value over time, very frictionless. And I think this is a great application use Whoa. case for NFTs. So um, just want to uh, give you all props for that. No, I re we really appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it's also, you know, a way for them to get onboarded into Web3 because at the end of the day, they're buying a real asset from a brand that people know and love. So this product comes directly in partnership with Johnny Walker. We don't deal with any distributors. We don't deal with any retailers. We don't deal with any uh, resellers. Uh, and like you said, it could be a very good hedge against volatility in the market that we're seeing. I mean, uh, in times of recession, hard assets tend to perform pretty well. But again, I don't want to give anyone financial advice or people come from my head after. I urge everyone to do their own research. But premium wine and spirits is a pretty fun and cool uh, and profitable alternative asset class investment. Well, the, the, I have a question about. Oh, sorry. Okay. I just didn't I, know I have if a question they, about the, it's like a regulatory okay. arbitrage. If they looked at the the the, the D2C liquor company house H A U S, and if you, if you kind of um, just thought in terms of branding, like how you think about how this like this market of of high-end liquor but it's also kind of to a younger newer audience yeah no it's it's exactly like that where right now if you think about the traditional wine or spirits investor or collector you're probably thinking of a 40 to 40 to 60 year old dude where what we've been seeing at block bar is our average consumer 86 percent of our consumer base is ages 25 to 34 so the way we try to position ourselves is we're introducing the world of premium wine and spirits to the younger demographic and we're also introducing the world of blockchain and NFTs and crypto to that older demographic because they're using uh, blockchain technology. They could pay with fiat, but they're getting exposed to a real brand and a real product. Yeah, I mean, when you introduce something with blockchain technology, it's it's similar to the so, fine art. You know, like Nick wasn't um, an yeah. art collector before, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to say, oh, sorry, like Jesse did and just speak over you there, P.O. <laughs> um, what what I uh, what I was going to say regarding uh, this is two things. One, to piggyback on what Captain Kicks was saying, I heard um, I had someone that w I was chatting with uh, yesterday who's not in the NFT space, and she was like, 
Why, why uh, I told my brother to get out of the NFT space. Why should I uh, hold on to these? And what's the actual utility of it? And I gave her an example of like titles, for example, yeah, or claims to actual idea. physicals. And she was like, oh, why aren't, pe why aren't they marketing it like that? I totally don't get it. And I'm like, well, because it's a decentralized organization. And, you know, <laughs> that's one of the benefits of decentralization is that uh, there is no voice, uh, unifying voice. And so that's why uh, it's going to win. But in all honesty, yeah, I mean, that's something that's like, I mean, you, we said it before, you all are the use case. The only other question I was going to have associated with this, though, is that like given the insane price point and by insane, I mean, relative for most people, like they're not dropping 35K on, um, uh, on an NFT. I'm wondering, like, will this be the most expensive NFT that you've ever sold? And what, uh, in terms of the argument of saying, well, this, this is going to provide stability in a volatile market where how like what sort of protection does that person have that's like first into the market making that sort of bet yeah well first of all this isn't uh the most expensive nft that we've sold um and like you said we're, we're in a tough position because we we are democratizing the industry but it is still a very high price point which we understand which is why we try to do a mix of you know the lower end of super premium and the higher end of super premium but it's still going to be expensive um but yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, there's obviously no guarantees in life. But when you look at the numbers behind Spirits and Wine, historically, they've performed pretty well, especially in down markets. Um, and part of the reason is, is, is what I was touching upon earlier, where these vintages, these products, you know, the age that it takes to make these products, it's impossible to recreate. And I think that people in the NFT world can kind of understand that because if there's a project, uh, part of the great thing about it is, it's scarce because it's time stamped. Uh, your reputation is on the blockchain. And with these spirits and wine companies, like the products that they are creating, it's not possible for them to, to recreate because of how old it is, the master distillers that it went through, and also just the, 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 the conditions that that liquid went through in the aging process. So again, there's no guarantees, but you, you are guaranteed that this is uh, a scarce product uh, that's coming from the brand. But you know, you can only look at historical numbers and we can't make any guarantees about what's going to happen to it in the future, obviously. Well, I appreciate you guaranteeing the price moving forward. That's uh, that's it. No, but in all, all seriousness, um, I mean, we, we love uh, Block Bar. Pio, do you want to select the winner? Yeah, just uh, I, we were I mean, it was just a juicy conversation. I didn't realize we were at time. I just I pinged Elon or, or Karma, whoever's Elon uh, Musk. <laughs> yeah, ping Elon Musk. Yeah, I wish. Uh, <laughs> Elon or Karma or whoever is running the Block Bar account right now, um, I sent over the randomizer for the retweet. Um, so if you want to pick a winner, then we can announce them live on the show. I'll get a drum roll ready. Uh, but no, I mean, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. I think a lot of people really don't fully grasp what the technology of blockchain is and why it's important and why it offers different asset classes, right? And different verticals within collectibles and fine art. Um, you know, verification. Uh, again, we talked about token of authenticity. You're just going to see this more and more and it's so cool that you guys are doing it in a web3 native way for fine wine and spirits and then on top of that you all have relationships with the um the companies that are making this alcohol right so it's not like when someone buys this johnny walker they're just buying some like you guys bought the bottle and then they're buying the nft from you it's actually in partnership with johnny walker yeah. so it's official 
Yeah, that was the last thing that I wanted to tell Nick before I hopped off. And I don't want to take up any more time of everyone. Um, but first of all, thank you guys for having me on. And Nick, also to answer your question that you asked before, um, the assurance that you have in the price is that this product does come directly from the brand. Uh, so we work with the brand to come up with the, with the right pricing for it. But the goal is not to price gouge and make a ton of money on the primary sale. Uh, for us, we're trying, we sell the products for you know, the suggested retail price, what it could be found on other traditional markets, or if it comes yep. with added experiences or uh, added NFTs, then the brand tries to value that and offer it for a fair price. So we try to put as much transparency as we can into what's, otherwise, what's otherwise historically been a, a so, pretty opaque industry. So the trip is basically a bonus. Correct. Got it. I love it. So if you're in the market for high-end liquor, uh, then you're already used to paying these sorts of prices. And the, the result is uh, you also get this added bonus as a result of their, uh, the partnership that you all have uh, through Black yeah. Bar. Yeah, plus the free storage and the free insurance, which uh, in this industry can kind of add up pretty quickly. For, for those that aren't aware, um, you all are also behind the duty-free shops in the U.S., right? Yeah. So uh, we are the, my family is in the duty-free industry. We're the largest duty-free operators in the Western Hemisphere. So in North and South America. So that's what essentially enables uh, you all and the organization to facilitate partnerships. Dude, are with you the next friends. Gary V? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, Gary V is a lot smarter than me. But if I'm even a, a fraction of what he is and the impact that he's had, um, then I think we'll, we'll be in great shape. His wine Gary business v is a little smaller, though. <laughs> Gary V popped up on stage last time uh, you guys were on, so that was obviously a ton of fun. Uh, we invited him today, but he didn't show up. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't invite him. <laughs> um, so, all right, we've got a winner. So we have crazy NFT underscore one. That is our first winner. Here's the drum roll after the fact. After the fact, thanks. I don't know if this person is in here. Well, I just block, you should uh, message them to have them select like 10 so that we yeah. can just run down the names. If, and whoever's the first to DM, uh, P.O., you're the winner. Yeah, exactly. So just DM me. We got uh, crazy NFT underscore one. I just pinged Elon or Karma from Block Bar. Um, you know, let's just get a bunch of winners because it's common that the people aren't actually in the room. Okay, we got. Did you like them up? Yeah, we got. So I mean, I can look right here again. Um, crazy NFT one. Let's see if they're in the room. They should be hearing this. Um, so crazy NFT. Yeah, I don't one see them in there. Is not in the room. We All have right, another. Yeah, the next winner is Sean Web Three. So Sean dot ETH um, looks like he might not be in the room either. Uh, he's a mutant ape, so I'm sure someone's going to ping him and say DM me, DM me, um, and try to get that win. But I'm I'm looking him up. Whoever is oh, first he is Sean. Sean Web Three is in the room. So Sean Web3, there's a little bit of a delay. I'm assuming he'll make his way to the stage. I just invited you to the stage, Sean Web3. Pop up um, or DM me or do both. Uh, and thank you, Elon and Karma. We, you got plenty of winners for us, so we'll be good in just a second. Sean Web3, where you at? Shoot me a DM. Or the Jump. first one. He's here. He's here. He won. Cong congratulations. the first person you lost. How does that feel? Imagine you're like in the shower. So I always get the DM. Yo, I was in the shower. That's I was the, in the shower. They and I'm like, say they were in the yeah. shower. Okay, sorry. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. I'm delighted. How's it win. going? Yeah, good. I don't win anything normally. So I'm over the moon. Super excited. Thank you. Well, you, you should be. Um, so we will connect you with Block Bar. Uh, 
Elon and Karma, I know that they're always on their game. This is Sean. This is our winner. He's being walked to the stage right now. It's amazing. Your your package wasn't 30,000 or the NFT, the, the package that you won was uh, one NFT, not the $30,000 one or 35,000. This is the uh, still 3,000. So congratulations for that. Yeah. How big was your fine wine and spirit portfolio before this $3,000 addition to it? This is a, this is an upgrade of about $3,000. <laughs> no, Sean been, drinks his booze. Thank you. I really, I really enjoyed listening to Block Bar and I'm impressed with the tech and the concept behind it. So I'm delighted to actually be a holder of the project. So thank you. Yeah. And you're holding a Patron NFT that was released in partnership with BlockBar, but you're now part of the BlockBar community as a platform. So you're going to be, you know, uh, rubbing elbows with the same people that are buying $200,000 bottles. Of Let's liquor. go, Sean. Yeah. Sean, your level of sophistication is just through the roof now. Before you know it, you're going to be in the, you know, the commercials for Johnny Walker. It's going to be like Bill Murray and Lost in Translation. How do you feel about this life change that's coming to you? I feel like my well, I'm basically being propelled to the new stratosphere. I'm super excited. <laughs> wasn't expecting it. Wasn't expecting it today, but here we go. Let's go. That's what we do here. We completely change people's lives from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. Sean doesn't even know which way is up because his life is so goddamn different after winning wow. this. <laughs> really coming in impressive there. <laughs> I don't know, just being silly. Sam, thanks so much for coming, man. Anything else uh, about Block Bar or anything Sean needs to know before we wrap here? No, uh, Sean, we're excited to have you in the community. Look forward uh, to having you in the Discord, hopefully, or chatting on Twitter. But would love to hear feedback once you get that NFT into your into your wallet. Um, and then, Nick, P.O., thank you for having us on again. Always a pleasure. Hey, if people yeah. are interested in the... Um in the uh, high-end bottle there, how do they access it? For Johnny Walker? Yeah. So we have the drop next week. Uh, for consumers to have the ability to enter the lobby, they're going to need to have their full funds in their wallet address. Or um, if they want to pay by fiat, they just have to get their wire pre-approval. Uh, so you could just go on our website, uh, blockbar.com. The Johnny Walker drop will be the first thing there. Um, you could set a calendar reminder. And then if you're interested in, in, in buying it, just make sure you log in at the right time. Either have I got, the funds uh, in your wallet closing, or wire pre-approval. I got one more closing question for um, for BlockBar. Um, have you all explored uh, doing uh, uh, fractionalized NFTs so that you could own a, a, a percentage of a rare uh, bottle of liquor? Yeah, so we've explored it. Um, and right now we're really focused on the product. But the $226,000 NFT that we sold was actually sold to a crypto community, uh, the Angry Pitbull Club. So I'll give them a quick shout out. Um, so, you know, that capability is already there. Um, and then it could be something that we plan on adding to the roadmap to be able to do it on the website. But it is still something that people could still do. Um, kind gotcha. Of yeah. The so website. they actually like pseudo did it by putting it in like the, the treasury of the yeah, NFT exactly. project. They did it through their treasury. That's cool. Man, this bottle looks sick. Is that actually what the bottle looks like? Dude, it's actually what the bottle looks like. It's one of the craziest <laughs> bottles I've ever seen. Wow. Okay, well, suddenly I want this bottle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous, uh, Sam. He'll buy it. That's I, the problem. I'll buy it. Nick, if, if you buy it, you got to take P.O. and I with you to Scotland. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, deal. <laughs> All right, well, hey, 
Thanks so much to Block Bar. Everybody check out Block Bar. Follow the Twitter account at Block Bar. They're on stage right now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we have some portal events that are either sponsored by Block Bar or in, in partnership with Block Bar. We wanted to do it for our New York event. Just wasn't going to make sense based on logistics. Um, but yeah, really excited to continue to partner with you guys. It's such a cool platform, such cool giveaways that we give, and we really appreciate you guys coming through. Um, congratulations to Sean, who won a $3,000 bottle of Patron uh, that he can sell, redeem, do whatever he wants to do with, just hold for a long time. Um, this show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Went a little bit over today, but it was really good stuff. We will catch you all tomorrow. Thanks so much to Block Bar again.